Octa Non Verba is a show that's raw and real, featuring hard-hitting interviews with people that live by the ethos of actions, not words. Marcus Aurelius Anderson is a TEDx speaker, best-selling author, veteran, and leadership and mindset coach. With this show, you get to join Marcus as he goes inside the minds and experiences of the world's most successful warriors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and experts. With each episode, you're going to get the philosophies, concepts, tactics, and strategies these leaders use to turn adversity into victory, to live an extraordinary life based on actions, not words. Now, here's your host, Marcus Aurelius Anderson. Octo non verba is a Latin phrase that means actions, not words. If you want to know what somebody truly believes, don't listen to their words. Instead, observe their actions. I'm Marcus Aurelius Anderson, and my guest today truly embodies that phrase. Luca Hosevar is a former professional athlete that's now an elite trainer who's personally coached over 3,000 clients from the highest levels of the professional athlete spectrum from the NBA, the NFL, UFC, MLB, college and high school. He's helped rehab patients with different types of injuries and recoveries and clients from every walk of life that are wanting to achieve the reality of looking, feeling, and performing better. His show, Grow Your Gym Mastermind, has helped thousands of gym owners add $10,000 to their revenue monthly, and he's been able to do that within six months, and he has a money-back guarantee. And by the way, he was able to even maintain that during the pandemic when so many people were closing their doors. So Luke has been able to help people not only keep their doors open, but thrive in the process. Now, I had the honor of meeting this young man. Well, he is a young man. Uh, (laughs) I was going to say you're a young man compared to me. I'm 50. (laughs) But I got to meet you through uh, Jay Ferruccia, and we got to have an incredible dinner. And what I've always found is that when we're at a dinner with people that are at a certain level, we're always laughing our asses off. Yep. We're always having amazing food. As a matter of fact, you kept ordering appetizers. I kept ordering appetizers. And people are like, would you guys stop? It's like, come on, this is amazing food. And then we talk about everything from not just business, not just training, but like life, all the stuff, this whole path, this journey of the entrepreneurial mindset. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for taking the time. And you're getting ready to speak at uh, CoachCon with Jay as well, right? Yeah, actually this weekend, I'm in Orlando at the uh, Raise the Bar Conference. Mm-hmm. And then in April, it's the Coaching Con and, and I'm speaking there with Jay, which is great because stuff's open back up now more. And I love speaking. It's kind of like a the presenting and speaking part for me is a reset because when I'm here in Seattle, my gear is seventh gear, mostly seventh gear, nothing else. Like we talked about before too, somewhat by choice, you know, I take stuff on. I feel like the things that I do are very purposeful, meaningful. And that's such a big, I can see myself doing certain work for six to eight hours a day and wanting to like jump off a cliff. But a lot of days are for me, 13, 15, you know, sometimes 16 hours, sometimes a little bit less, but I don't end the day. I may be Put it this way, my physical tank might be close to empty, but my emotional tank is full, right? I always try to coach our clients on that too. Like, I'm going to empty your physical tank, but I'm going to build up your mental and emotional tank, right? And so I get through the end of the day or the end of the week, and I feel, I may be, like I said, tired from the work, but I'm fulfilled. And that's a great place to be at. And I was saying, like, you know, sometimes I want to start complaining and I kind of quickly shift perspective and I go, man, like, I love what I do. And the things that I do, have meaning. When something's meaningful, you're willing to struggle for it, right? Uh, a lot more than when you're like, I don't, I'm not even playing with you. Like I was texting about 20 minutes ago with a friend that has a really good job, right? There's not purpose. And we've had these conversations around what to do next, but the money's good, but I hate it. But that, you know, and it zaps you. And like, you know, we've had conversations where like a six hour day is exhausting. 
right? It's different, exhausting, you know, and as corny as it may sound, like finding work that's meaningful, that's purposeful is a game changer. I mean, look, you spend half of your life working at least, probably more than that. If you're an entrepreneur, if you, you know, you definitely probably more teeter towards more than half of your life working. But, but even, you know, if you're working a nine to five, half of your life, waking life is working, right? Why would you ever want to do that and not love what you do? Or at least have it have purpose and meaning, right? Now I get it. There's phases of life. So, you know, I would say purpose isn't found, it's forged, right? You don't sit around like, hmm, what would be a thing that I'm really going to love doing is going to be purposeful? No, like you go do something, you learn that you don't like it as much, but you get some skills, you meet some people, and you go on to the next thing, right? And you forge this purpose. I mean, for me, it was, you know, for a while, I mean, I was a dumbass. I was doing, you know, a lot of criminal things, right? Like football was my life. Basketball was like, this is the thing I'm going to do. I, I thought that was my purpose, you know, and made it a long way, but not to like what I dreamed of. And I had kind of this realization of like, who am I if I'm not an athlete, you know, and, and had this kind of depression around that, you know, while I was getting into fitness. And so, like I said, I went through these phases of working really hard at something that didn't always work out the way I wanted it to, but that was forging purpose. And I think what's happening today, because I mentor a lot of high school kids and college kids, and like I said, even pro athletes that are younger, and you see this thing that when something doesn't work out, it's you're really quick to just abandon it, right? I think relationships are the same thing. Oh, shit, it's just hard. I'm going to go to the next one because I want to find a thing that instantly gives me this fulfillment and it doesn't work that way. One of my favorite books that I reread and get people to read is, you know, Cal Newport's Be So Good They Can't Ignore You, right? And that's part of it. And it talks about the passion hypotheses, right? The better I get at something, the more I love it, right? And it's true. I've been doing this for a long time. I get up in the morning. I still love this stuff. You know, there was even studies there showing that doctors that have been in it for 20 years are more passionate and purposeful about their craft than the ones that are starting off in the first you know, three to five years. And so what you get from giving your best at something for a while, even if it doesn't turn out to be the thing, you get so much from it. And I see that being a massive mistake, right? I've done stuff in my life where I bust my ass, you know, and gave everything I had and it didn't work out. And later on learned that like, because it's really easy to go like, see, I fucking did all this work and nothing came out of it, right? Not true, not true. Like what happened is that one, you became good at being focused and putting in your best effort. That's a practice, right? It's people are like, I can just turn it on and off. No, you fucking can't. Like you fall to the lowest level of your training to the lowest level of practice, right? Your systems. And so when you work really hard at something that doesn't pan out to be the thing you want to do in life, you still get really good at being focused, following through, showing up, working hard, putting in a great effort. So when you go on to the next thing, right now, that's your standard. And if that's your standard, the next thing, you know, might pan out to be the thing that you're meant to do and is meaningful and purposeful. And now you're going to excel at it. Now, if you go through, you know, and I'll just talk about some examples of kids that I've been kind of talking to and mentoring these, these last months. And I go like, hey, you go to a job. It's hard. You don't like it. It's not giving you like this deep fulfillment. You're like, ah. So you start slacking off. You know, you come a little bit late. You don't do the work. You cut corners. You lie a little bit here and there. And then you're like, fuck it. There's another opportunity. Boom, you go to that one. Ah, again, not the thing I really wanted. Money's not so great. Let me cut corners. Let me do this. What you're doing is you're practicing being mediocre or even worse, shitty. You're practicing the habit of 
not doing your best, not following through, not living in integrity and of core values that you talk about on IG all the time and shit, right? And so it becomes your standard. And so when you wake up in the morning, that's your default, right? Now, you know, obviously I'm a big sports person and um, I'm a big, like, talk to me about movies, uh, grandeur, you know, Gladiator and The Last Samurai, shit like that. I love all that stuff. So be a person like that, like, or a Kobe Bryant, that, that guy just breathed greatness. You know, it's like everything was, so after a while, the only thing he knew how to do was that, you know, and um, people would ask me, there's always this kind of like question of, okay, when you started, you know, how did you start? And, you know, we started in the woods in Slovenia training people. And then we got a little space, you know, and then that became a bigger space. Then I came here, I worked at the big box gyms and then I had a garage gym and, you know, I was working these insane hours. But the thing that I didn't know marketing that well, I didn't, you know, have email lists and there was no Facebook advertising. The only thing that was like, hey, every person that comes in, like I got to coach my ass off and create this great experience and then challenge them, but make them feel cared for. I got to create this environment that people want to keep coming back to. And I was so obsessed with it that like I was already not sleeping a lot, but then I'd be up because I was like tripping out that I'm, I don't miss the alarm, you know, and snooze it. And, but what would happen is for years, I was so obsessed with this that the only thing I knew how to do was run excellent group sessions you know, coach semi-private in an excellent way. It was almost like, I don't even know how to do it any other way, right? Like my, my shittiest day is going to be a fucking great day, right? And I feel that today that's kind of because th there's so much stuff hitting us, you know, like, oh, opportunity. Oh, I should be here. I should be killing it on social media. Where's my deal from, you know, Nike? Where, that you don't obsess about your craft to where, you know, your standard is extremely high and i was i was just reading something about you know rules versus standards and this idea what are rules right all of us kind of like want to break the rules as kids right here's your rules ah fuck how can i sneak away and not do this right or like how can i get around it a little bit but standards are something that you want to uphold and work towards it's a very different thing here's your rules here's your standards if i'm a part of a team if i'm leading a team i want to create standards that people want to rise up to rather than rules that they have to stick to, 100%. right? And so this idea, I think, is that whoever's listening to this, I don't care if you're young or old, you know, but you're not where you want to be in life with your body, with your business, with your confidence, with your relationships, career, you know, start thinking about standards. What are the standards that you're setting for yourself in specific areas? And then what behaviors are going to support those standards? Because this is kind of like that idea of like, I really, really love I've been talking about this for years now. Can't even remember where I first heard of it, but it was about collecting role models that in different areas of life, you collect role models. And they don't even have to be like one person for everything. It's like, man, I'm so inspired by this person that does philanthropy. Like that's going to be my role model that I'm collecting. And I'm looking at how they behave. You know, and I'd read their biographies and autobiographies. You know, Richard Branson was a person like that for me in entrepreneur space. Wow. And, you know, I got, which was dope because I got to meet him about four and a half years ago and was invited to Necker Island. And I like hung out with him, which was mind-blowing to me. But, you know, I studied everything this guy did and was like, man, I'm going to behave more like him. That was a role model, right? In the space of fitness, you might be like, man, like, that, like so let's say I, I just turned 40, right? But you say, oh, man, like that 40-year-old, they're athletic, they're this, they're that. Like, I want to be like that, okay? In the business realm, right? You collect role models and you study how they behave. And, and what, what I think is really a, a critical factor, too, is, not just how they behave, how did they deal with adversity? How did they deal with struggle? 
I'm more interested in what you did and how you behaved when you were in a shitter, when you failed, when somebody, I would say, did you wrong, because it happens to all of us. So it's a lot easier to be thinking about what things were like when everything's good. You know, I want to know these people, how did they respond to adversity and how did they deal with that? Because that's going to teach me a lot about who I need to be in those moments. So that whole collecting role models thing kind of fits in with the standards part of it. And like I said, I'm far from perfect. Most people are, but I do keep that, you know, as my North star, almost like a compass. And I think I was on Brian's podcast talking about this because it just makes sense to me. Like, you know, growing up, we used to do a lot of hiking the mountains in Slovenia and you'd have a compass, you know, and the compass North doesn't stay North, yeah. right? It's kind of wiggles, you know what I mean? Like, and so I feel like when you have these values and integrity and these role models that are your North, they're your North star, your life is like that. You kind of fuck up a little bit, but you wiggle back to North, right? Because if you have a lot of clarity around uh, what that is for you, you can always get back on track. But it's important to have that. Once again, if you don't have a target, what are we shooting for? Right? Then everything is a hit, right? But if, if I have a target, at least I know how to maneuver and constantly get back to that North. And a lot of times, like when we when do business, business stuff, people want tips and strategies and, you know, tactics and like, hey, all good. Love it. Can talk about it all day long. You know, but once you dig deeper, what you find is that, you know, people haven't really determined this North Star and they haven't determined the behaviors that are basically the guiding light, you know what I mean? Or the lighthouse that they should be following. And I think it starts there, right? I really, really do. Before you add, it's kind of like the foundational stuff, right? Before you add layers of methods. And this is actually a training quote. I think I got from Cosgrove back in the day, but it was like, you know, Methods are many, principles are few. Methods change, principles never do. And it goes the same for, you can stack a lot of methods on top of different principles, but if you don't know your principles, you know, you're just kind of throwing shit up against the wall and seeing if it works. Well, if you don't know who you are, right? Like if you don't know what is important to you, like you said, if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. Again, this idea of everything that you do is reinforcing who that default mechanism, who that person is. So practice doesn't make perfect, it makes permanent. So like you said, if you get used to cutting corners, even during a warm-up, what are you doing? You're setting yourself up to get fatigued, to get injured when you put more weight on the bar. You're setting an example for other people. And just at the very beginning, when you were saying that whole idea of people, they feel almost burned out. Man, you're not burned out. You're just working on shit that doesn't really matter to you, right? Man, great. So, okay. I love that you said this because I reference a lot of stuff. I'm a geek. Like I read probably too much. I'm always studying shit, but... It was an Adam Grant book called Give and Take. And there's this example of a teacher in Illinois that went into one of the roughest kind of like districts in Chicago trying to, you know, really, really motivated. Like, hey, I'm going to go into this school and I'm going to change things around and help you know, make a change. And for anybody who's been in the school system, they know it's difficult, right? Changing the system is difficult. And so she was getting burnt out. So five days a week of work, really getting burnt out and not being able to make the change, right? Especially like, you know, bringing the grades up. The kids weren't graduating. It was just, you know, a lot, a lot, I would say the numbers were low on all the performance stuff. And so she ends up on a Saturday, opening up a time in some classrooms, not in the school, outside of the school, you know, to get the kids and, and the parents that really want help to help these kids essentially, you know, graduate and do well. And, and obviously it's one of those things like the, the people that want it, right? But the main premise here is why would somebody that's burnt out add more work? But as soon as that work was added, they actually, the burnout went away, right? Because there was this meaningful, purposeful work 
like different focus energy, right? Like you're excited about something, like, like you're feeling like you're making a difference. And all of a sudden, you know, you add basically 20% more work and actually get rid of burnout, right? Not to say that burnout's not real. Like, you know, I've, I've been there, done that. Absolutely is. Lack of sleep, not quality nutrients, not exercising, stressed all the time, not having stress management. Yes, those are very real things. But that's why you have to assess and go like, hey, where is this burnout coming from? Is this just me actually being disengaged, unpurposeful, bored maybe even, rather than, you know, truly burnt out, right? And because once again, like when you collect role models and you go like, man, like people go like, how the hell? I know you were here like, 6.30 or 7 coaching already. It's 9 p.m. and you're training right now? Like, what's wrong? Like, and you're all hyped up? What's wrong with you, right? And it's like, that. It's part of it is that like, I try to be and get, you know, be where your feet are. It's one of the hardest things to do, right? If I'm here talking with you, I'm here talking with you. I'm not thinking about what's next, this, that, the other. You know, when it's my training session, it's my training session. When I'm coaching somebody, I'm coaching somebody. When I'm doing this post, I'm doing this post. When I'm writing a blog, I'm writing a blog, right? And that, again, is a practice. So if you can be where your feet are, you have a much better chance of one, being present, being more energetic. Why? Because I'm not thinking about, man, I fucked up that interview before, right? So now that's here. Oh, I got to get my prezo done for this thing that I'm speaking at in the next two weeks. I haven't done it. I haven't done it yet. You know, and then the person that might suffer then is, the well, one, myself inside of my head. And number two, the client that I'm coaching. Right? They're not getting my undivided attention, right? And same thing with anything else. You can have better energy if you just end up being where your feet are, right? And again, easier said than done. But when we talk about being better at something, there's this really simple format that I look at. And it's like this. There's goals under the goals. Like, so if you want to achieve a goal, there's a certain set of skills that you need, okay? Now, those skills are going to have to be broken down into practices. I'm going to have to practice that skill. And on a daily basis, I have to now create an action that's going to build that practice, that's going to build the skill that's going to get me to my goal. I think not enough people kind of look at it that way. This is one I get a lot of. I do a lot of content, right? Especially video content. And people are like, man, I want to get much better. I want to post more videos, okay? I want to get more views because that's going to either get me more leads or retargeting, blah, 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 marketing stuff, right? And so I go, okay, well, let's take that. Like, okay, you want, the goal is to get more followers, subscribers, more leads through that so you can obviously generate more money. That's usually what people want. You know, whether it's online clients, brick and mortar, you know, affiliate deals, whatever it may be. Okay, so let's break that down then. So you need the skill, number one, like one of the skills that you need is to be engaging on camera. Okay, which means they're going to have to practice doing that. So now we can break that down into a daily action and go like, all right, look, every day I'm going to have you shoot two videos. One's going to be an actionable one with exercises. One's going to be you talking into the camera, right? Now at the beginning, you're probably not going to be that great. Or as you know, Dave Tate would say, this is the ladder. Shit, suck, good, great. <laughs> so you might start a shit or maybe you start a suck. Who knows? But this doesn't matter. You see what I'm saying? Because it's like all we're focusing on is that daily action that builds this practice. But after 30 days, we've done these challenges inside of our, our coaching. We're like, hey, listen, every day for 30 days, we're going to shoot a video. We're going to do a live. And it's not usually like day two or three people are like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm not good at this. I'm like, the point is you're practicing it, right? You, you don't have a great left-handed hook shot. How do you get a great left-handed hook shot? You go to the gym and you do reps, right? You do deliberate focused reps, right? Then you get pretty good at it. Now I'm going to put a defender. I'm going to change the vibe and make it harder. 
Same thing with video, right? At first, we're going to do some basic stuff. You can edit it. Okay, cool. Now, I'm going to put you against the whiteboard. I'm going to have you engaging with somebody. We're going to build that practice up, or, or we're going to make, should I say, the action a little more challenging. We're going to build that practice up so you can build this skill set. Right. And guess what? Of course, now there's other skills. Like if we want to get more leads, it's like, all right, now how do you get a basic funnel on the front and off and yada, yada, right? But every single thing in your life can be broken down this way. So it's like, I want to have better relationships or have more trust. Okay. So it might be, you know, are you having crucial conversations with a person? You know, it's like every day I want you to find a person to have a, a crucial conversation with. And that might be sharing something pretty, you know, vulnerable. And that's a practice. You could do that in two to three minutes every single day with somebody in your circle, right? Because you're not used to it, but it's like, hey, listen, just share with somebody. And you mind if I share something with you? What's the person going to be like? No. Hey, I've really been struggling with X, Y, Z. What you're going to find is most people are going to struggle with the same shit you're struggling with. They're going to share some stuff with you. It's going to build better trust and connection. Like, for instance, you want to build a better relationship with the person that you're married to or dating or whatever. You know, having a date night, that's a practice where you block it out. It's non-negotiable. Like you do it once a week. Mm -hmm. Okay. Every single thing that you want to improve can be broken down into a daily action. And sometimes it can be like very small. You know, you want to get better at writing. Okay, cool. Just write a hundred words per day. That's really not a lot. I mean, like IG captions more than that. You know what I mean? So if, when you think about that, like, oh, every day, write a mini blog on your IG. Again, you're not going to probably be great at it if you've never done it right? Or you may be okay at it. But the only way to improve is to do it and study it, right? So I'm going to find somebody that's really good at it. I'm going to get a course. I'm going to get a book. This is how I operate, right? If I screenshot my computer right now, you see like about four or five different courses open. Here I'm studying nutrition for athletes. Altis Speed course is open on this one. There's a Dominate Web Media one. I'm, I'm studying like the 22 best ads right now that they did. And you know, they do a ton of ad spend. But guess what? Because every single one of those, it comes down to me is a daily action on a skill set that I want to build. Now, I may be doing more of those than most people, right? Like, like how, why are you studying like four things at once? All that is, is a capacity thing. It's another thing of like, when I started, I couldn't do that. And then as I built it up, now I can, because once again, it's like anything else. Wow, that guy can do 10 sets of 10 with 405 pounds on the travel bar. Yeah, but, you know, 10 years ago, they couldn't do that. And then they just kept working at it. And then it built their strength, their volume, their capacity to do work, right? Same thing in any area, learning, right? And, and I'm a big fan of Mark Cuban as an entrepreneur. You know, Mark Cuban was asked, what do you think the future of business is? And, and he was like going into like, hey, uh, pharmaceutical robotics is going to explode and this is going to explode. But he said, you know what? The most important thing, the people that are going to excel in business are people that are learning how to learn. If you can learn faster, you are at a massive advantage. And when he was saying that, I said, man, like I really felt good about that because I've spent the last 20, 25 years learning how to learn. And I'm saying after school, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like after school is when I actually got way better at learning how to learn to where now, you know, on a Friday, something I have no idea about by Monday, like I can implement it into programs with athletes, this, that, the other, into business. And it might take somebody months and months and months to do that same thing. For me, it's going to be two to three days because I've learned how to learn, right? And imagine that you got to, you know, I mean, shit, if, if anything, the last two years have been nothing but learning new things, course correction, crazy changes in economy and business and all these. 
right? Where imagine now that where you're able to go like, I'm stressed too. I've been hit, man. I've lost a ton of money, man. But I'm going to sit down and I'm going to learn some new things. I'm going to, oh, wow, I didn't know about that. I'm going to go into this direction, run some ads this way, create this different type of content, right? But because I'm able to learn how to learn, I, I can just accelerate this way faster, right? And if you're slow with that, meaning like, oh, it's just too much and you're, you're not, you know, it's going to take you for forever and you can't apply it because if you don't learn it fast, you can't apply it fast, right? Now, all of a sudden, it's like, man, I've, I've applied 11 things by the time you're just getting to your first one. Well, guess what? You know, who's going to excel, right? Who's going to die, right? Like, and so that whole idea of capacity is the same thing with learning. You know, kids, I'm not a reader. I'm like, listen, can you read five pages today? Right now, I'll, I'll sit with you here, right, right here. Okay, I'll, okay, let me try Okay, so instead of taking, you know, a couple minutes, it takes 15 minutes to read five pages. But then it's like, did you read the five pages? Yeah, I read the five pages. All right, cool, we're going to do that again tomorrow, right? They do that for 30 days. That whole identity of not being a reader starts withering away a little bit, right? Maybe you're not like, oh, yeah, I'm a voracious reader, right? You're not there yet. But after a year, you know, you start the five pages becomes 10 pages and becomes 15 and 20 pages. And a year later, you know, you're reading a couple books a month. And then now I'm like, hey, are you a reader? Yeah, I'm a reader. A year ago, you said, I'm not a reader. And these are obviously some of the stuff that, you know, whether it's a, a fitness coaching client or, or a kid I'm mentoring or it's a business coaching client, I always listen for fixed mindset talk. Mm. I'm just not like this. Our family have always been like this. My genetics, right? And when that happens, you know, there's a lot of different ways to address it. Like, I, honestly, that could be a one week long podcast on coaching stuff. But one of the things that I really like to do, you know, because you may have a growth mindset in one area of your life, but then a fixed mindset somewhere else, right? It's very possible. You know, so what you want to do is go, for instance, I see this a lot with nutrition where I'm not organized when it comes to this, that, the other, right? But then I'll watch them in schoolwork and business and I'm like, or in their job. And I'm like, I'll point it out. I'm like, wow, that's such a, incredible schedule and you got everything color-coded you got everything to the t you got this that the other I'm like yeah i can't if that's not happening then i just can't function and i'm like do you know that that's incredibly organized like that's way more organized than i am matter of fact like i would say that you're a very organized person now if you can take that skill set and do that same thing in your life with nutrition and be prepared know what you're going to do the next day right don't leave it to chance don't leave it to default just shining a light on that and having people be like, yeah, I am organized here. Oh, wow, you're right. Like, I can do this, right? So, so we're going to shine a light on their strengths and then use their strengths to be able to carry over into another area of their life. That was part one of my interview with Luca Hosovar, former professional athlete, elite trainer, and coach. You can hear part two of the interview on the next episode of Octanon Verba, where Luca returns to discuss how he helps his audiences and clients create and embody the identity that they desire. We also explore how thoughts create actions and how those actions create your identity, how social environments impact those decisions, and the difference between complicated and complex matters. Until next time, live a life of actions and not words. Live a life of Octa Nonverba. Thank you for listening to this episode of Octa Nonverba. If this message resonates with you, please share it out with others on social media. Hit that subscribe button and leave a review for the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. To learn more, please go to MarcusAureliusAnderson.com. 
join his Okta Non Verba Inner Circle and get exclusive content, news, and information. Until next time, remember, talk is cheap. Live your life based on actions, not words.